0: Strange things
1: are afoot at the circle, here. That kid is back on the escalator again. Pain don't hurt. Is my boomstick. Game over, man. Game over. Welcome to The Bargain, Ben. He's your host, Ben Mason. And he is your co-host, Sandro Luketic. And today we're talking 1996's From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah. Spoilers. I don't really think we need to say anything. People have seen this movie. They haven't. They don't really care. But this is one of my favorite vampire movies of all time. And I'm so happy we finally get to talk about it. you make me say this every week. Just do your line. I don't want to do my line anymore. Let's have fun with it, man. No, it's your line. Do your line. (sighs) We assume if you're listening to this episode, you have already seen the movie. Yay! (laughs) why i don't get it but okay we'll go with it you did it for like a hundred episodes just just
0: accept it at this point
1: yeah you're okay yeah it'll it will come back sandro yes sir what is your experience with from dusk till dawn i watched it last week that's it
0: i mean anybody listening um or who actively listens remembers that 2 episodes ago you were upset with me for having never seen the movie.
1: Mhm. It's so good, man. Like I don't know how it never like seeped into your culture. Like what how? How did you escape this
0: movie? I'll tell you the same thing I told you on that episode. You need to stop being surprised by the movies I haven't seen.
1: I know, but you look at all of the like there's so many pop culture references to it. Like it's, it's Clooney really breaking out from his ER role. It's Tarantino. It's directed by Robert Rodriguez. It has Cheech Marin. There are so many factors that should have, I guess, not been apparent to you, but you should have touched on. I, I find it very surprising that you had never seen this movie. Had you heard of it,
0: of course I've heard of it. It's okay. a well-known film.
1: It is. It is. Uh, I should let you know that in the sequel, there is a cameo by Bruce Campbell.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know there was a sequel, though.
1: Uh, there are two. And the lead actor in the sequel is Robert Patrick. Oh, I do like Robert Patrick. Yeah, we should check that one out. Uh, not for the show. It's It's a fun watch, but it's not a good movie. <laughs> we got across that a lot. I know. I know. I'm curious about your game for this movie. Why is that? Because I think there's only one person. <laughs> I, I messed up, didn't I, already? I don't know. Go ahead. Let's see what you got. No, how many are there?
0: I don't know. Let's see what you got.
1: No. No. How many are there? Six. Fuck right off. <laughs> Six? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I had Juliette Lewis from California. Correct. Yes. That's where I ended. Wow. Harvey Keitel, I don't think we covered at all. mm Clooney, no. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Return to Horror High. Correct. Anything else? No.
0: Okay. All six of them? Have one movie to their name.
1: <sighs> okay. Definitely not Tarantino. Uh, Salma. No, Selma Hayek. Did we cover Cheech in anything? No. Okay. Michael Parks? Yep. Ooh. Fuck, he's been a lot of shit. I don't know. What did we cover him in? Red State. God damn it. He was so good in that too. He was so good in that. Yeah, he stole that movie. RIP Michael Parks. That guy was amazing.
0: Well, you're halfway there now.
1: Uh, uh John Saxon, Nightmare on Elm Street. Got it. Yep. Whew. Uh after that man, it's 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 Toss up. I mean like Trey in here and he's he's just kind of in everything. Nope. Okay. Surprising on that one, isn't it? Yeah, really surprising. I don't know, man. Who else do we have?
0: All right. Selma Hayek. In what? The Faculty. of. Oh,
1: oh, yeah, she was the nurse. That's right.
0: And John Hawks.
1: He was so good in this movie. I feel bad. I don't remember covering him in another one. Uh, not the biggest role. Who, who did we... Uh... We praised it when we did it. Of course we did. Uh, Did he play a main character's father? Nope. Uh, I don't know then. He played one of the main characters'
0: friends, and I still know what you did last summer.
1: Holy shit, that's right! Uh, Freddie Prince Jr.
0: And we talked about how criminal it was that he wasn't in that movie more because he was so good in what he was in.
1: He's never been bad in anything uh, I I feel like I was thinking that about his character like the, the way we talked about him is the role he played in uh, I want to say Winter's Bone I think he played the father of the lead in that and I'm forgetting her name now she's from the Hunger Games Jennifer Lawrence I don't even know what movie you just referenced okay whatever we'll just we'll go past this yeah, John Hawks, absolutely amazing actor. Wow, that was a lot more than I thought, man. Yes, you
0: you thought one. It was six. It's a drastic difference. <sighs> Some would say a difference of five, even. You can't win them all.
1: <laughs> all right. What can I say, man? I messed up. I messed up real bad this time around.
0: It's okay. I expect it.
1: Okay. Um... When you watched this movie, yes, sir. did it make you think of any other films or anything we've talked about before? Well, Bordello of Blood. <laughs> Perfect. I'm glad you brought that up. Do you know why I asked you this question? Because uh, you wanted me to say Bordello of Blood? Yes. And that's because this was supposed to be the second Tales from the Crypt film.
0: Oh, this would have been so much
1: better. Right?
0: Yeah, because, like, Bordello of Blood sucked, and this did
1: not Okay. I mean, I really enjoyed Bordello of Blood. It was not the best movie. This is much better. But this definitely feels like a Tales from the Crypt film. I think it just has too many stars. And they definitely wanted to make it its own thing. Obviously a franchise. It has two sequels and a TV series.
0: Yeah, but how many of those are good? That's a legit question. (laughs) Uh, This one. (laughs) See, because the thing is, I'd never seen this movie before, but I'd heard of it because people talk about it, and yet no one talks about anything else in regards to sequels or series, which tells me something.
1: Yeah. Well, the the second one, uh, Texas Blood Money, not terrible for a direct-to-video sequel. Uh, The third one, uh, I believe, is The Hangman's Daughter and that is a prequel, and then the TV show starts off as a remake of the first film and then does its own thing. I didn't watch any of it, but I I, I tried, and you just, you can't have somebody else play George Clooney's Seth Gecko. You just, you can't.
0: They tried to have the same character with a different actor? That just seems like a bad idea.
1: Yeah, he's younger, and he's a, terrible actor. It just, it doesn't work. Clooney is a juggernaut in this movie. Oh, he looks kind of the same size to me as he normally does. Oh, come on. What? That, uh, sorry, I thought it was an X-Men reference. (laughs) 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 Fuck off, what do you want from me, man? Nothing. He's got to get rid of that, that tribal tattoo on the arm, though. I know, it made him dangerous. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, I don't care about it. Or the other. Yeah, Let's let's just jump in here. Okie dokie. So we open up on uh, Benny's World of Liquor. And this is where we get John Hawks as Pete and Michael Parks as Texas Ranger Earl McGraw. Now, I love the character of Earl McGraw. Not because he's a good character, but this is one of four movies he's in. What? Yeah, Earl McGraw is also in Kill Bill, uh, Planet Terror, and Death Proof. It's like an inside joke with Rodriguez and Tarantino.
0: Didn't really care for this character. Why? It was just the way he was talking.
1: Oh, he's an asshole for sure. But he fits in this world and the world of Kill Bill, Death Proof, and Planet Terror. Like he, Michael Parks has never really played a favorable character in my memory. But I, I'm curious to know what like, what else about it makes you dislike him. Legit the way he talks. Not the things he
0: says. The way he talks. Oh, just his presence? Yeah, his accent, his dialogue. Some of it is almost whispers. I was messing with the volume a lot during his talking here because it was just up and down.
1: See, I loved it. I love the banter between him and Pete. What what did you think of uh, of John Hawke's Pete here? Amazing. Yeah, right? Oh <laughs> I
0: wanted more of this guy.
1: I I hate that we only got Pete in the opening of this film. He out acts everybody. Like Clooney can't hold a flame to him. There's a
0: part where he's talking about how he considers that under the circumstances, his performance is Oscar worthy. And I'm like, yes,
1: (laughs) it is. It really is. He is probably the best actor in this film. And we get him for what, like 10 10 minutes? Anyway, getting back into the plot of the film, uh, Earl lets Pete know about this bank robbery in Abilene. Where three cops have been killed, a civilian and uh, a bank teller was taken hostage because of these two brothers who uh, one broke the other out of prison. But Earl goes to the bathroom, and this is where we get the reveal of the Gecko brothers actually being in the store. So we have Seth played by George Clooney and Richie played by Quentin Tarantino. I have to ask we know Clooney's a good actor. What do you think about Tarantino's performance? I think it's okay. Right? Yeah, it's okay. But I think it works really well with the character. His, I find his performance somewhat annoying, but I'm not sure if that's his acting or if he's just playing that character very well.
0: I think he's playing the character very well.
1: Yeah. This leads us to the murder of uh, Earl. I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this because it comes out of nowhere.
0: Tarantino's an idiot.
1: Yeah. He, he's crazy, right?
0: Undoubtedly. Absolutely crazy. And John Hawks is like, I wasn't sending signals. I wasn't doing anything. And I'm like, you're right. He wasn't. Tarantino is
1: just an idiot. Yeah. Cluny's like, he says you mouth the words, help us.
0: It actually is kind of surprising that Tarantino is the one that broke uh, Seth out of jail
1: considering that I don't think he has the capability to do so. See, I agree with that completely. I've brought this up in conversations with other people before. He does not seem smart enough to organize jailbreak.
0: It feels like it should be the other way around.
1: 100%.
0: Seth constantly being his brother's keeper, simply because I can't see a situation where Seth is the one that goes to jail and the other one, I don't know, I keep saying Tarantino but I don't know. Richie? Is it Richie? Yeah. I don't see him being capable of doing anything without his brother.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird because normally you have like the brains and the brawn. Uh, Seth is both the brains and the brawn and Richie is there. He's
0: legit a handicap for for Seth.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's it's weird. Like this this is directed by Robert Rodriguez and written by Tarantino and while I get some of that Tarantino flair it seems like a really lazy script because this character doesn't really serve a purpose past the first 20 minutes. Why not just flip it?
0: Yes, exactly. Just have Seth be the one that broke richie out of jail because that seems plausible richie is unhinged easily get himself arrested seth has the mental capability to break him out they are in the exact same position they were in previously but it makes sense
1: yeah yeah that that fixes everything you've you've been on a fucking streak i guess lately of rewriting small bits of movies that would make them so much better
0: I don't, think, I don't think I did anything special here. I'm pretty sure like 9 out of 10 people that watch this movie will have that same thought. Yes, but you're the one to bring it up. Well, I'm the one with the microphone in front of me. Kudos.
1: Hey, hey I have a mic. Like, oh. I see how it is. What, uh, what do you think of the shootout that occurs here between Pete and the Gecko Brothers? Oh, man. like Pete is so good that I was rooting for him. As soon as he shot Richie's hand... Uh, you're cheering for pete right
0: yeah i know that he's not gonna make it because well obviously i know which characters are the leads in this movie and are gonna keep going (laughs) but i was so behind pete that i'm like i want him to win this shootout it's a
1: brutal shot to the hand though yeah
0: but honestly when he was behind the counter as he was like getting the gun out of the safe Part of me was just like, you're, you're not going to kill them, obviously. Just, just stay down. Just stay down and yeah. get out of there.
1: Like Him freaking out, trying to like, like spin the, the combination lock around. That's probably the most tense moment of the movie.
0: Should have just stayed down, man.
1: And that's the thing. Like, this movie starts off very strong. And it just gets really weak from this point on. Um, I love this movie. There's no surprise there. Um, it's weak. It's really fucking weak. Because you start on this type of tension, where do you go? I don't think Tarantino has the skill to build from here. He's a great writer, for sure. I mean, this is also 1996. God knows when he wrote the script. But this is so suspenseful. It's a vampire movie. It's not going to get any better.
0: I did love this as an intro though. And it's one of the few times that I absolutely loved a subversion of expectation intro. Good. Because up until um, Seth
1: makes himself known in
0: there, you're like, where is this going?
1: Yeah. Well, the, the first part of this film is a crime movie. And then it turns into a horror film. It, it, it's really strange. I don't know of many other films like this. Did that catch you off guard? Or did you know what you were getting into when you started watching?
0: It's kind of difficult to not know what you're getting into when you watch this movie if you haven't watched it up until now. Mm. I know it's a vampire movie. I, like. I'm not oblivious to some of the events of the movie. Okay. I was surprised, however, that we got essentially 50 minutes of a crime movie before any of that hit.
1: Yeah, it almost feels more Coen Brothers than Tarantino for the first part. And I would like to see what this crime movie could have been. Actually, I think I'm more curious to know about that than my interest in the vampire movie we got. Well, yeah,
0: because you don't know what the crime movie would be. You can see what happens with the vampire movie. Of course you would be more curious.
1: No, I know. I know. Shut up. (laughs) I... Really enjoy the vampire movie we got. I think I would probably like the crime movie more. Um, Not a knock on the film that we have in front of us. It's great. I love it. I mean, it's also bad and I love it because of that. But I don't know. I feel like we were robbed here. No, that was the bank at the beginning. Um, God damn. Uh, Pete's death. I think being burnt alive is a perfect send-off to this character. Yeah, I don't think they should have shown it. They shouldn't have shown it. They should have implied. You can absolutely
0: tell that it's the person wearing like the flame suit. Yeah. Just leave him behind the counter and let his screams tell us the story.
1: So, with Pete burned alive, the geckos get back into the car and speed off, and we get this one weird shot of the bank teller in the trunk of the car and i hate this shot so much it's not necessary it
0: looks cartoonish when we get to the motel we'll see that she was in the trunk the 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 news that you know the police officer was giving us already told us that there is a hostage when they got to the motel and pulled someone out of the trunk, we would have known you don't need this
1: shot. No. It makes the movie feel too campy right away. I mean, like when you get to vampires later on, you expect it, but it it detracts from the quality of the film, I would say. Um, but the way that Richie looks at her when they get in the in the motel room is disturbing to say the least
0: the redundant statement of the night
1: goes to ben yeah the way he looks at
0: everyone
1: in this movie true i do like how it shows there are obvious problems between the brothers um like seth leaves for food to and and to check the the border and again richie being super pervy sits on the bed to watch tv and tries to get the teller to come over and join him You cut away, you know exactly what happened. Before they go back to it and you actually see it, you know what happened. Does Seth actually like Richie? No. No, I think he feels responsible.
0: Yes. I feel like if they weren't brothers, he would have ditched this guy a long time ago and he only kind of like, he loves him as his brother but he doesn't like him.
1: If they weren't brothers, I think Seth would have killed him after he got out of prison. I really do. It's like kill the uh, the acquaintance and get away with it. But we yeah. go to a restaurant where we meet Jacob, Kate, and Scott, who are heading to El Paso. Uh, Jacob, uh, played by Harvey Keitel, uh, a former pastor, minister, uh, and then his kids, Kate, played by Juliette Lewis, and Scott, played by Ernest Liu. Um, I love all three of these characters.
0: Jacob is absolutely phenomenal,
1: yeah yeah and and a Tarantino staple as well. Juliet Lewis, I mean, we've talked about her before, sometimes I love her, sometimes I find her incredibly annoying. um I think she played the character of Kate perfectly,
0: yeah, I didn't really have any complaints or or really praising for her. She was alright. She played the character the way it was intended. The character's honestly not, not that deep of a character. So, no, it's
1: fine. No. Um, the character is more of a, a placeholder uh, just to kind of keep things going. But I feel like Juliet Lewis actually brought something to it to make the character less boring. Uh, I thought Scott was great. Um... The idea of Jacob losing faith after his wife died, any any thoughts on that?
0: Um, I can't think of any other examples off the top of my head, but it felt very cliche, like I'd seen it before. Yeah, signs. Science oh, signs yeah. came afterwards. Okay,
1: well, same idea. But yeah, it, it does seem played out. It doesn't seem that creative. Um, the thing is harvey Keitel plays a jaded priest (laughs) or pastor really well which isn't really a character trope but he's so good uh side note i really like that scott has a precinct 13 shirt just a john carpenter reference but uh in the rv they uh they almost hit seth who's returning with food he stares them down goes into the room and that's where we get the reveal of the uh, the dead bank teller. And what, what did you think about that?
0: Well, first of all, Seth just standing there in front of the RV and then holding up his drink was maybe his weirdest moment in this movie. Yeah, it's very uncharacteristic. Yeah, it didn't fit his character at all. Maybe one of his best deliveries in the movie is when he is getting upset with Richie. After this reveal, and he yeah. comes in and he's like, "Is is this my fault? No, it's not my like." He does a
1: great job here. I don't know why he's taking the blame. I well, didn't really take the blame. Well, it seems like he, what what you were saying before about how Richie breaking Seth out of jail doesn't make sense, but Seth having this feeling of responsibility for his brother, uh, like he he challenges him here. If, if they weren't related, like I said before, you think he would murder him in this scene. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you do this? I don't understand. So the family arrives at the motel. And Richie does his icebox tactic. Uh, immediately, I get serial killer vibes. And no one seems to notice this at all. Like, they haven't seen any true crime shows or Law and Order or anything. And the geckos take the family hostage. Yeah, I'm not buying this guy. Yeah. Right? Like, the whole ice bucket thing is just weak. It... it He seems fake. Tarantino, first off, is not a good actor. And... Richie here just comes across as a, a, a villain. But Jacob being the... Honest man, he is, uh, obliges, but, uh, as soon as Kate shows up, I assume things would get crazy weird with Richie and they kind of do, but yeah, no, they do. Thankfully it doesn't get as weird as I would have expected. Well, it's because
0: Seth is still there. Yeah. Like, like, I think the whole thing about Seth wondering even potentially if it was his fault that, you know, what happened to the bank teller is him being mad at himself for not knowing better than to leave Richie alone with her. Yeah. He knows he's the only thing keeping Richie in any way, shape, or form grounded.
1: Mm-hmm. When they all escape in the uh, the family's motorhome, I really enjoyed what seemed to be a forced but convincing bonding moment between Seth and Jacob. Um. I don't know if this would really be natural or just forced writing again to make Seth feel like a protagonist, but how did you feel about the back and forth between Jacob and Seth?
0: Well, forced is a good word for it because Jacob clearly wants nothing to do with it. Yeah. And I did buy that Seth just, you know, has some nice qualities about him and he's just like, might as well just get to know each other if we're going to be in this together for a bit.
1: Yeah, I I want to believe that. The thing is, we don't really see a whole lot of Seth being a good person. He says good things sometimes, but all of his actions, for the most part, are pretty negative and aggressive or violent. Um,
0: I think good thing comes down to the intention, and I, I don't think he's trying to be good here so much as he's just like, again, might as well pass the time, get to know each other a bit, like... It's not so much because he wants to be nice, because he, yeah. he even gets a little forceful, like, essentially saying, like, I force you to talk to me. But
1: it's more just like, I don't know, what are we going to do? You know? Do you think this character would work if it was played by anybody other than George Clooney? Yeah, I'm sure if I put some thought into it, I could. I've tried many, many times. I don't think anybody else could play this role and make them, or like make Seth an endearing character. I think Clooney is the only person, and he does it so well. And then we get Richie looking like a creep again. Classic Tarantino foot fetish shot, which only gets worse later on.
0: It really reinforces how unhinged Richie is when he's just like did you mean what you said in the hotel? Which is something he imagined. He imagined it, but it's it's real in his mind. And that part is it just puts it over the edge how insane this guy is, because like we know it's his imagination when we see it. He seemingly doesn't.
1: <laughs> Which is <laughs> even worse. I know, man. I know. Um we, we talked California before with Juliette Lewis and Brad Pitt was absolutely insane in that movie as a murderer. Tarantino in this role is scarier, but I don't think better. He's just so unhinged. Um, the border cross. What what are your thoughts here? Everyone hiding in the bathroom. Well, the, the two thieves make sense, obviously, right?
0: Yes. Keeping Kate with them is so that they have a hostage and Jacob doesn't try anything. Seems like a solid plan to me.
1: I agree. However, we have Cheech as the border guard here asking Jacob what he's doing. Like, what's the purpose in Mexico? And he says he and his son are are visiting. And Seth and Richie start arguing in the bathroom. He calls him, what, a, a, a fucking nut?
0: Yeah, well, he, he doesn't call him that. He said, like, don't act like one." Yeah. It's uh, one of those semantics things. But Richie takes it as him saying, you are, when he's just saying, don't be.
1: Yeah. Great writing. I actually really love this. Because it does lead to Seth having to elbow his brother in the face, knocking him out causing Cheech, the border patrol, to ask what the noise was. Jacob has to say, oh, yeah, it was my daughter in the bathroom. He's like, well, you said it was you and your son. He's like, yeah, yeah, me, my son, and my daughter. So, of course, they're going to go aboard the uh, the RV. Because they need to. Great tension. It's just really good writing. And honestly, the first time I saw this movie, I thought they were going to get caught and shit was going to go down at the border. I didn't expect anything about a bar in Mexico um the argument between scott and jacob too before this all happens i really enjoyed that because it finally like we we know that kate and jacob have a very strong relationship scott and jacob i feel like we needed to build up their relationship because you can tell right away they aren't actually related and that scott is adopted So, building that up here, and then they build it up later on, like, I think Scott is probably, in my opinion, the strongest character of the family. Even though we've agreed that Harvey Keitel as Jacob is amazing, I love Scott. I love Scott so much.
0: Well, I guess that comes down to if you're talking about performance or character.
1: Yeah. Uh, Oh, performance, Keitel, character, Scott. I can agree with that. Jacob says to uh, Cheech that he's taking Scott to see his first bullfight. I thought that was in Spain, not Mexico. I guess they do it in Mexico too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that. And once they cross the border and everything's fine, Seth has gone full protagonist now. When, uh, just from the line, from now, uh, from now on, you are all in my good books. So we are kind of forced to like him more, and then we go right to the titty twister. Interesting name for a bar, interesting sign for a bar. What do you think about Seth lying to Richie about what happened in the bathroom? I think it makes sense. I agree, but how does Richie not remember the argument they had and then taking an elbow to the face? I think when he's asking about what happened, it was just the passing out and, I don't know, that could have
0: been a concussion symptom. Yeah, you
1: Yeah, you're right. So we're at the titty twister now. Um. Cheech, again? I didn't know he was in this movie. Second Cheech character and the pussy speech. I don't, I don't like this. I
0: don't either. It's just too much. Like, I get what you're going for, but, you know,
1: laying it on way too thick. Yeah, this is Tarantino's writing and Rodriguez being like, okay, I guess. <laughs> Let's film it. If we have to. Uh, the plan is to drink all night until the Gecko Brothers connection Carlos shows up in the morning. But the, the two of them kick the shit out of Cheech here. Why? There's no reason. Absolutely no reason.
0: Right? Like, it just seems too much.
1: Yeah. You, you just got past the border. You
0: are, you know, kind of, quote, unquote, in the home stretch, home free, whatever you want to call it. Why, why, why would you bring attention to
1: this? It doesn't make any sense. But now we get into the feeling that this is a full-on Tales from the Crypt movie. And I think that is because Danny Trejo is the next best thing you could get to Billy Zane. Okay. Anytime I see Trejo on screen, I get happy. Except for Conair, who's really creepy. But Such a good movie. I think it's a really good movie. Everybody did a good job in that one. (laughs) But Trejo is the bartender at the Titty Swister, and he instructs us that only truckers and bikers are allowed in the bar so a bouncer tries to kick them out but Jacob shows his license for driving a motorhome which is the exact same license you would need to drive a truck so technically he is a trucker and he is there and everyone with him are his friends
0: yeah I don't know about this yeah I don't know about that either I feel like Trejo would or should be just like no no (laughs) Like, that's it. Like, there's no explanation needed. Like, no. Like, yeah, you got a truck driver's license. You you don't drive a truck, though. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, man. But at the same time, why would he care? Like, it's just more victims.
1: Yeah, and that's why, like, when you rewatch the movie, you're thinking, like, why would it matter? Just let anybody in.
0: Uh, I mean, there could be an argument made for making sure that you pick People that won't be as easily missed if they don't come back. Fair enough.
1: Loners. Yeah, that makes sense. Tom Savini as Sex Machine. I really don't like this crotch gun. You don't like the dick gun? No. Yeah, not me neither.
0: I like Savini in this movie. Yeah. I just think that that gun is so
1: stupid looking. It doesn't make any sense. You, You just hold a gun. Yeah. We see Greg Nicotero, too, though, which is great, because uh, he is one of the founders of KNB Effects, and Robert Kurtzman, who wrote the story, uh, is the K in KNB Effects. so you knew we we're going to get some pretty cool special effects here, if not, like, just makeup. Uh, Richie tells Scott he'll pay for whatever woman he wants. The only time Richie tries to do something for anybody, I I kind of like it in the movie, but it doesn't make sense for the character. Feels like a Seth line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you nailed it. I didn't even think about that.
0: Because you get the scene here where Seth wants them to have drinks and enjoy themselves and unwind and y- you could see him trying to, you know... Scott, you know, go enjoy a woman, right?
1: Yeah, like Seth buying drinks for everyone. The the movie does a great job of making you like somebody you're supposed to hate. I don't even get the impression that Richie has say over how they spend their money. No, I agree. It makes sense that Richie dies as early as he does, because if they tried to keep him alive throughout the entire film, I think the movie would fail because of it.
0: I feel like you would be harder to root for them.
1: Yeah. Uh, but we get Fred Williamson, who's absolutely amazing, and the band Tito and Tarantula. Is, is that a real band? It is, yeah. Uh, also in Desperado, uh, directed by Robert Rodriguez as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Salma Hayek as Satanico Pandemonium. Do you want to describe this scene? When does she show up? Well. I might have missed her appearance in this movie. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course you did. Yeah. Yeah, just like Tarantino missed it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucking creepy and disgusting, man. Like, she's doing this crazy sexy dance with uh, like a ball python, I think. But the whole reason this scene is in the movie is because Tarantino wrote it so he could have Selma Hayek's Toes in his mouth while she pours tequila down her legs his his foot fetish is it, it's just too much it's too much. It shows up in all of his films and it's uncomfortable
0: yeah i didn't know that, and now that I think about it i, I, I don't like that
1: yeah, well, even in Kill Bill where uh, the bride is like trying to convince herself or trying to make herself wiggle her toes and it's just a a straight shot on. Uma Thurman's foot you're like what is going on and you're like oh that's right Tarantino likes feet and then you just feel uncomfortable like please just move your toes so we can go on from here Seth and Jacob there seems to be so much respect between them despite Seth being a complete asshole uh I would love to see more of these two together in the movie
0: yeah I I don't know if it's exactly here or just a couple minutes later but when um Jacob even says to him, like, are you such a loser that you can't even see when you've won? And it's that kind of that first time that anybody in this movie shows Seth a backbone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's partially almost like Jacob's just yeah. had enough. Right? Um, that, like, I don't know, the two of them from that moment on I'm like, these two could, could like lead this movie together. It's just, they, they have such a chemistry
1: they really do and that that's something i find really interesting about this movie is that we don't get enough backstory between or amongst any of the characters but the writing for seth and jacob it just makes us want to know more like i couldn't give two shits about reggie kate she's a kid scott he's an adopted kid it, it's fine but i want to know more about seth i want to know everything about him. I want to know what Jacob's life was, how he got into religion. Uh, I even want to know how he met his wife, what happened there, because these two characters are the backbones of the movie. And we don't have answers. We just see their actions or reactions, I guess.
0: I'm content not having um, a further backstory with Jacob um, because they do give us enough as it is, even when him and Seth are talking and, you know, he's describing how his wife suffered in the car for six hours, I think he says. Yes, six Uh, hours. To kind of, you know, emphasize the reason why he's lost his faith and things like that. I think that's enough. But Seth, I would love to see more. I'd love to see what did he do that he got arrested the first time? He doesn't seem like he would get caught. Yeah. What Did he get caught because he was trying to as always protect Richie right Um, that type of stuff I would definitely like to see a little bit more of um, the backstory.
1: it would be great to know why like to give some reason behind the resentment that you can see but isn't actually addressed in the movie
0: and if he went to jail for Richie because of that then
1: you can see a bit more of that resentment yeah that would be amazing Uh, Cheech returns Calling out Seth for the assault. Richie gets a knife in his already wounded hand. So the boys shoot Cheech to death. And Satanica sees Richie's hand. And bam. Vampires. And this is where the movie changes gears. Completely changes gears. Well, Richie's bit and dies. Thank fuck. Well, he's he's technically not dead yet i know but still at that point i'm like thank god thank god he's out of this what are your thoughts on the vampire effects not a fan really
0: they okay yeah i need to go into more of this i'm split on it okay there are certain times where i really enjoy them there are times where i don't even if you want to look at uh satanica uh as an example there's shots when she's first transforming that seems so much more of like a character of what Mm -hmm. you would expect a vampire uh like costume or design
1: to look like like uh Buffy the tv show
0: yeah and then after that they go to a bit more of like a smoothed out face with just kind of like a scaling and it's a lot more toned down and it works Mm -hmm. a lot better for me uh same thing with you know, like some of the characters oh, definitely care. Like when Savini turns. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, it's just so it just feels so
1: caricatured that I, I just didn't like it. But then you when didn't they, like when Savini turned. No, I love that makeup. It's just so goofy. Okay. I'm thinking about it as a Tales from the Crypt movie. You're probably thinking of it as an actual horror film. That makes sense. Yeah, it just seems too goofy. It, It, it is. Yes. But what about Trejo though? It's okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, and that's the thing, like I'm not I'm not against it, but I'm very torn because there are some that are really good and then there's some that are really bad.
1: What's your favorite uh vampire look in a movie we've covered? Oh jeez. Um I don't know. It put me on the spot with that. <laughs> Sorry. Well have have a think on it. We'll return to it. I thought Treo looked really good, though. I thought the band also looks really good, complete with the human corpse guitar. I think the thing is, the inconsistency is what gets me. It is incredibly inconsistent, I yes. feel like
0: if they just did full-out character or just more kind of grounded without that contradiction, that it wouldn't yeah. feel so jarring to me.
1: Yeah, fair. How do you feel about Cheech's death? Kate just shoving her cross necklace down his throat. I'm okay with it.
0: I'm definitely more okay with it than some of the other kills that we get later on. Okay.
1: What about Fred Williamson kicking ass?
0: Oh, it's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Same as Savini, really. Except I don't know about the whip. It's a weird weapon. I don't know how I feel about that does this
0: guy need this? Like, he's already got like his cock gun. Yeah. Now he's got a whip and it's like, okay, you already gave him a weird weapon. You don't need to give him a second one. And why does it feel like so many of the stakes that they use against the vampires are blunt and not sharpened? Yes. I've noticed that as well. And it's not just a couple of times. It goes on throughout the entire movie. Like Mm -hmm. Fred, uh, is it Fred Williamson? Yep. I, I, there's one scene where he like throws four dancers onto the four legs of the table yep it's just like well those are all flat and blunt and t- 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 okay cool i guess he must have just used so much force
1: well the thing is they talk about it later that uh, their bodies are are soft and mushy which i think is really stupid that's not enough for me in this regard well, this is this is where I have the biggest problem with the movie. Because we get the, the death of the bouncer with like the pencil to the heart, uh Trejos taken out, Satanica's taken out. This movie doesn't have a villain. No, not really. No. So there's like we just have to root for our heroes without them having a main foil. I'm actually surprised that Selma Hayek does not last that much
0: longer. Based on, like, everything I've seen for kind of just promotional and people talking about this movie, it always highlights her so much, and I'm sure I know why. But even still, I would have thought that she'd be in it a little bit more for how much people put her in the limelight for this one, so to
1: speak i mean just give them a bigger budget and she'd probably be around longer
0: fair but you know what i mean
1: yeah she she's only in it for like
0: her screen time's got to be like 10 minutes max oh not not even
1: yeah Uh, do you find it weird that uh it's a joke that all the vampires just burn up at the same time oh I, i didn't even really pay attention to that really they even acknowledge it in the movie like, after every, like, they murder everyone in the bar. I forget who it is. Someone says, like, aren't they supposed to burn up? And then they, all the bodies just catch fire at once. Huh. Like, you know, the thing is, is,
0: I remember that happening, but I didn't put that much weight into it. It's <laughs>
1: <laughs> So dumb.
0: That's just a, it, it, that's it. It's a dumb joke. Yeah. I don't think you're supposed to get much else out of that.
1: Now let's kill that fucking band. Uh, the band, <laughs> like Tito says, like, fuck you, good night or something. And then the band explodes and disappears. There's no explanation here. Nope. Okay, so now Richie turns into a vampire. And I think he looks absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't get better. And Seth hammers a broken pool cue into his heart with the butt of his gun. We've already determined you could just push it through. Like it's dramatic effect. It seems a bit much, but and he se- seemingly defends
0: Richie, telling them that they're not gonna take him out because it's his brother? Yeah. Only to then take him out?
1: I don't I don't know. But again, it leads us to another moment between Jacob and Seth, building up Seth as a protagonist. It, it <sighs> As much as I'll rip on this script, it does a good job with Seth. It just takes time to make him our hero.
0: Yeah. Some of these are just, like, questionable decisions. Like, why? I can see why you would hesitate. Maybe you could even have him say something like, he's he's my brother, I need to take care of him or something. Yeah. But, like, they, that's not how they do it here. He hesitates to... to... He almost prevents them from offing him and then comes back and does it himself. And it's like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah. So the heroes team up and start staking all of the corpses. Uh, Jacob bars the doors because all of the vampire bats are outside. Uh, Sex machine gets bitten and tries to hide it. I like that. (sighs) I I don't know why this always happens in these movies.
0: Oh, it's a staple. It's such a staple, and it's just like, you you know what's going to happen.
1: It does, eventually. We'll get to it. But it's time to make a plan. So we'll build crosses by putting two sticks together. (laughs) Wooden sticks through the heart work. (laughs) Sex Machine brings up Silver, and Kate shuts him down so hard. I love Kate in this movie. We do not get enough Kate. Uh, Seth brings up that Jacob is their best weapon against vampires. Uh, and does his pep talk bring back Jacob's faith or something? Because that doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I don't know what to, to make of that. It feels like, I don't want to get into the logistics of it, but it's like if if you've lost your faith as a preacher, does blessing the holy water work the same? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, right. Like, and And... I don't feel like the situation is enough to like, like reignite his faith or anything like that. I'm right there with you, man. I feel like it would almost be the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there's even more shitty things happening in this world.
1: Yeah. Things aren't getting better right now. Yeah. I don't know. And then Fred Williamson gives his nam speech immediately bitten by sex machine who is now turned. I do love the shot of Sex Machine's hands creeping up over Fred Williamson's shoulders before he bites him. It's a good visual shot, but you're just like, doesn't he feel that? Oh, it's, it's it doesn't make any sense. It's super campy and stupid, but I love it. Even like when Sex Machine realized he was starting to uh, transform when he's like checking his teeth and he covers his mouth and then his hand changes and then his other hand changes i thought it was actually really funny but that is tales from the crypt humor that does not fit in this movie i acknowledge that but he fucks everyone up williamson throws sex machine through the boarded up window letting in all the vampire bats and somehow just turns into a vampire immediately which makes no sense the the
0: incubation period for becoming a vampire after you're, you've you been bit is very inconsistent because like he turns immediately and then Jacob goes for a long while and then there's kind of like everything in between for different people. So
1: eh, whatever. What do you think about the, um, the makeup effects for Fred Williamson as a vampire? That's maybe one of my least favorite. I hate it. And it's got
0: like this like hair lip thing going on. Uh, I don't understand
1: it. It just, it looks so bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's easily my least favorite of the vampire designs.
1: Same. So Seth, Kate, and Scott hide in a room down a hallway, leaving Jacob in the bar. And he comes up with a shotgun cross scenario. A shotgun and a baseball bat. Uh, Absolutely stupid but I love it. I feel like it is too stupid. Is it two tales from the crypt? Um, no, it's just too stupid. I think it would fit in Bordello of Blood or Demon Knight. It just doesn't fit in this movie. Maybe.
0: I I don't know, man. I feel like it's similar to the whole thing with Jacob. Like, can he bless it? Like, is it a cross if you just cross two things? Like, I, is there some intention that needs to be required when you create this for it to actually count? I don't know. It might sound like I'm nitpicking, but it just seems so frivolous to me.
1: No, I'm with you on that one. Um, I've always hated the idea that you could just make a cross out of, like, two sticks to, like, fend off vampires. I've always found that really cheap, and this is the exact same scenario. But it allows Jacob to reconvene with the others in the room. And they dig through all the boxes. Uh, basically, the shipments that have been taken from the, the truck drivers over the years. And the shit they find, I don't understand, man. Water guns, condoms, a crossbow, whatever the fuck Seth finds. Is it like a jackhammer without the bit in it? Um,
0: I don't know. But this thing that he creates is completely stupid
1: it incredibly stupid
0: it's ju- is it just meant to be phallic
1: yes one hundred percent with
0: this is just come on guys
1: yeah although Jacob uh, uh, blessing the water making holy water for the water gun and filling condoms with holy water is funny but ridiculous Jacob makes everyone promise to kill him when he eventually turns into a vampire Seth agrees immediately which I found hilarious Uh, but Kate is reluctant eventually agreeing and Scott takes some convincing Uh, I actually really like this about Scott it gives his character a little bit more depth because he's kind of been ignored for most of the film but now it's time to fight and again With no real villain, I find it hard to take the scene seriously, because you just kind of assume everyone's going to come out on top.
0: Well, not everyone.
1: Yes, exactly. I was wrong in my assumption.
0: Oh, okay. I I had a feeling from very early on that it's it's one of those situations of just kind of guessing who's going to make it, because there's no way they all do. Obviously, you know Jacob's not going to. I'm not overly surprised in the end that it's Seth and Kate because even Scott's reluctance here is like, well, that's going to be his undoing. Um, but throughout the whole movie, it was just like, yeah. and it, honestly, there was a part of me that was even anticipating none of them making it out of it.
1: I originally, when I first saw this film, I thought Scott was going to be the only one to make it out because he's so reluctant to agree to things. I felt like throughout the film, he would just have to accept things and let go of his beliefs just to survive that he he would end up being the only one i was horribly wrong i could see that though like I, i could see that story beat happening yeah we do get some great vampire kills though uh what do you think of the death of sex machine except for that weird giant vampire rat thing he turns into i never really got that one
0: I I don't understand when things like this happen. Why? Why does he turn into a giant rat? We never get an explanation. Yeah, and I'm not thinking that you're going to have an explanation, but it it just like,
1: can you even fathom something? No. No. It it doesn't happen to anyone else. So why him? Why? What are your thoughts on uh, Jacob's shotgun getting stuck in Fred Williamson? I found that to be a little bit of an enjoyable moment of humor. Because he's still
0: firing through it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I really like it, but it doesn't make any sense. It's really stupid. But also, I guess you can just shoot or stab vampires to death? No, they were, they were getting them all in the heart. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, especially the vampire that got shot in the face and died. Uh, Well, that's where his heart is. (laughs) Uh, Jacob's turn. Um, You don't like the effects. I thought the makeup looked fucking awesome. His death, though, super weak. Next up is Scott's death. I would say it's probably the most moving death of the film. I don't know. This
0: is where you might get some contention for
1: me, but go ahead. The vampires in this movie seem to just rip people apart. And with Scott, they just rush him and just bite and latch in and are just draining him. It's not overly violent like everything else we've seen, but it's like six vampires on one person and he's still alive and he's just pleading with his sister to kill him maybe my
0: issue is that I'm not a sympathetic person, and the whole time I'm thinking, well, it's your own damn fault.
1: It is. It, it really is his fault, but I think that's the most brutal death scene. Yeah, I can agree with that. I don't like how Kate shoots him, and everybody explodes.
0: Ah, uh, well, you know, he, um, because they were latched onto to him, now his blood was <laughs> tainted, and, uh, Sure.
1: Yeah. That caused yeah, yeah. them all
0: no. to, to die. No. Okay. It was like they were okay. poisoned.
1: Um. <laughs> I mean that that is actual vampire lore and other stories. You're not far off, man. It just doesn't work in this movie. No, no, it doesn't. So we're just left now with Seth and, and Kate, and it's Dawn, and Seth tells Kate to shoot at the windows, so she shoots holes in the wood covering those. And Carlos shows up and his goons break down the door, letting in all the sunlight, causing the vampires to explode. I didn't know Cheech was in this movie. Only three times. Only. Only. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Leading to one of my favorite bits of dialogue. (laughs) It's like, what? Were they psychos? Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. The back and forth between these two, every time they meet in the movie is great.
0: Yeah. I, I don't blame Carlos though. Of course not. It's not like he knew, right? Like Seth is so mad at him, but it's like, it it wasn't intentional. Like he even says like, oh, one place is as good as another. I don't know. I I drove by here. It seemed all right. Yeah. It's a bar. There are truckers they are open till dawn. That's what you wanted
1: was to meet at dawn, right? Like I don't blame Carlos for this. So, Kate asks to go with Seth, and he turns her down. He heads further into Mexico with Carlos and crew, while Kate gets into the RV and goes... somewhere? How old is this character supposed to be? I don't know. Because I I know it's stupid,
0: but I'm watching this and I'm like, does she even have her license? (laughs) I know she's not crossing the border. I don't know. That's for sure. At least Seth gave her some money, Um so he's not a complete bastard.
1: <laughs> um, she should just stay in Mexico, but the camera pans out to reveal that the titty twister is just the top level of an ancient Aztec temple. Did not mind this shot at all. I thought that was pretty cool. I love that reveal. That's
0: probably my favorite part of the movie. And they even have, like, enough attention to detail to, like, like you can see all of the, like, trucks and kind of, like, I don't know if you would call it debris, but, like, yeah, just jump fire. piled up onto the sides so that you, are like, accept the fact that, you know, because obviously people don't leave when they go in here. But they wouldn't see the back of that when they're entering the only time that they should be going through those doors, right?
1: Yeah. So that's from *Dust Till Dawn*. How uh, how much do you think this movie cost? I don't like the way you laughed at that. Um, Twenty million. Oh my god, you were so close! Really, nineteen million. That's really a good guess, man. What do you think it made
0: <sighs> before or after people found out about the Selma Hayek scenes? <laughs>
1: I I can't say that. (laughs) Um, I'm joking. Uh, 62. 59.3. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're very close. Let's see if this keeps going. Uh, With um, ratings, uh, IMDB out of 10, what do you think it got? 5.7. 7.2. We're getting a little bit uh, distanced here. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, tomato meter, percentage of positive reviews. 68. 63. Oh, okay. What about the audience score? Oh, I am on the fence about this one. It's a little bit higher.
0: Okay, uh, 73. 76.
1: Okay. Yeah, you this is good, man. You did very well. Yeah, it was All right. But let's, uh, let's get into our, uh, our awards here. I'm, I'm very, very curious to hear what you think. I don't think too many
0: of them are going to be very surprising, but um, who did you have for your least favorite character? Richie. Yeah. I've, I'm just going to jump the gun here. I had him too. Yeah. Fuck that guy. He's not supposed to be a likable character. And whether you want to credit that to Tarantino's acting or not, They succeed so well in making you hate this character. Uh, I guess, is it that hard? I mean, he's a psycho. He kills people. He rapes women. Like, if he's not your least favorite character, I think there's something wrong with you. Agreed. What about favorite, though? I'm going with Seth. I also went with Seth. I want to pick John Hawks.
1: Me too.
0: But he's just not in it enough. R.I.P. Pete. Um, but outside of that, Seth is, in my opinion, the best character in this movie. I do love that there is like a very calm, calculated, like, uh, attitude towards him. But it does come off and there's some moments of weakness with Jacob where you can even see like some of it might just be like overcompensating for some insecurities that are under the surface. George yeah. Clooney plays this character fantastically he, he's he is charming he's cunning like this character is fantastic and he in my opinion does make the perfect protagonist for this because he's not someone who should be the protagonist he's a guy who's stuck in a bar with vampires and like at one point he even says he's like, you know I don't believe in vampires but I believe in my two eyes and you know, I see vampires, right? Like, yeah. he's such a good character.
1: Nailed it. I couldn't have said it any better. Memorable line. Is it my turn or yours? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, I had
0: the one that you already put, So, or that you already discussed. So what, were they psychos or... Did they look like psychos? Is that what they looked like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they
1: are. Amazing. It was just so good. And the delivery was fantastic. It's one of the best lines from any film ever. It's great.
0: It is absolutely fantastic. I don't know how that's not one that people pick.
1: Uh, I have two different ones I can't pick between, though okay that's fine yeah it's uh kate and richie uh where are we going mexico <laughs> what do they got what's there? in mexico mexicans that war at the very end was you already mentioned it it was seth saying go home kate maybe a bastard but i'm not a fucking bastard oh
0: i'd say go with the first one i don't I, I
1: yeah the, the first one is very much Tarantino writing, and I really enjoy that. So, yeah, where are we going, Mexico? I'll go with that. Well, I think the issue with the, the Seth line is that why would he just leave her there? It's a very Clooney line, but no, a lot of his actions in the movie do not make sense. After everything you've been through,
0: and I'm not saying like he's supposed to have this character turn where he becomes a good guy. But you would think that you would just be like, I'm going to at least get you to safety, leaving her in the middle of nowhere in the like Mexican desert.
1: Because I'm like, assuming
0: like th- this is a very anything. remote location.
1: It's not, though. It's like when they cross the border, they're like, you just have to drive down this road and then you turn left at your next intersection and you go down there and that's where the bar is. Like, it sounds like it's right next to the U.S. border. I oh. found that. Incredibly ridiculous. I got the impression that it was remote. It's supposed to be. But the description that we get is like it's it's like an hour away. Well, an hour away could be remote. I don't know. What about memorable scene? So there's just one
0: random shot when all of the stuff starts going down. Uh four of like the dancer vampires kind of line up mm-hmm. and you get this like motley crew of seth jacob sex machine and i don't know his name in the movie fred williamson What? yeah what was his character Fro- uh frost frost they kind of like line up almost like a superhero right. standoff with these vampires and it's like you just see it Sex machine has his whip and like Jacob just kind of looks out of place, but he's ready for a fight, you know, like, I don't yeah. know what it is about this shot, but I just loved seeing these all line up like this. Dude, it's
1: it. I have the exact same answer. Seriously? Yeah. It is ridiculous, but it looks perfect. I'm. It makes no sense. I'm surprised that we didn't have a full
0: sweep because we didn't pick the same line. I thought it was going to be seen that we
1: didn't get. No. No. That's crazy. It's close. Very close. But no, that scene's absolutely amazing. Okay. Uh, So
0: what are your final thoughts on From Dusk Till Dawn?
1: Um, It is the best Tales from the Crypt film that never was. Um... It is probably my favorite action horror film of all time. I love it. The writing is great. The directing is great. For 1996. Uh, By today's standards, it does not really hold up but it is a great time capsule of of what was amazing in the mid-90s. I highly recommend this movie. You can watch it by yourself. You can watch it with friends it's absolutely ridiculous. Tarantino's still creepy no matter what anyone says. He always will be. But it's great to see Clooney in his heyday because he was a perfect leading man. should never have been Batman. But he is great in this film. Seeing Cheech Marin play three different roles, wonderful. Trejo, great. Tito and Tarantula, awesome. Harvey Keitel kills it as he always does. Juliet Lewis fucking awesome in this movie it's it's so much fun but it is a movie of its time it could not be made today so yes i would recommend everyone watch it given the caveat that it's a 90s movie don't expect anything amazing and you will be happily surprised what do you think i'm so
0: incredibly torn on this one dude Mm mm-hmm Like I'll say, I enjoyed watching it, and get that out of the way right away. Okay, I went into this movie with my expectations set on I'm going to watch a vampire movie. Yeah, and when this became a vampire movie was probably the most disappointing part of the movie for me because the first fifty minutes of this crime movie, I was loving so much more than i thought i should have yeah and and again it's not to say the vampire part is bad but you built this expectation of this amazing crime movie that just then goes to a vampire movie and i i liked both right but it's it's one of those tales of two movies and I so, so vastly preferred the first the first one that it, it just kind of brought down the second part for me.
1: It's a, a common reaction for this film. It really is. I, I would have
0: absolutely loved to just see a full two-hour movie about these criminal brothers trying to escape. Yep. I don't know, like like I said, I'm torn on it because I, I did enjoy the movie. I can't say that I didn't have fun with it. I can't say that it wasn't good, but
1: that, that divide just threw me off. Yeah, I love it, but I can't help but constantly wonder what it could have been. <sighs> All right. So that's our thoughts on From Dusk Till
0: Dawn. If you'd like to share your thoughts, you can hit us up on social media. We are on Twitter at BSBargainBin, BSBargainBin.com, Facebook.com slash Bargainbin, and YouTube.com slash at Bargainbin. Ben. Yep. What are we watching next week?
1: Next week, we're taking a bit of a turn, and we'll be covering 1995's A Goofy Movie
0: going somewhere pop sure it's
1: a vacation
0: with me and my best buddy donald duck
1: no silly
0: with you It's Goofy. Give me a big
1: smile.
0: Stop goofing around. In an outrageous full-length animated feature, we'll spend some real quality time together. I think I'm gonna be sick. Walt Disney Pictures presents. Come on, this is gonna be fun. The story of a father who couldn't be closer.
1: That's the spirit, Maxie. Hey, this is embarrassing
0: to driving his son crazy. This is pathetic. Now, they're getting a crash course
1: in becoming best friends. It's Bigfoot! Could you back up a bit, Mr. Foot? Uh, you're out of focus.
0: <laughs> this spring, one of Disney's favorite classic characters lands at theaters whoa, 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 whoa. in the most hilarious
1: It's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa.
0: Huh. Mm. and hippest animated musical comedy ever
1: a little (laughs) kid.
0: a goofy movie morning son dad it's hard to be cool when your dad is goofy you look just like I did at your age please don't say that dad until next week have a good one
1: all the best